0: On Midwest Week, the latest problem for schools during the pandemic, not enough bus drivers. I'm Herb Tricks, and my guest this week is Peter Medlin, education reporter for WNIJ Radio, also host of a podcast called The Teacher's Lounge. So Peter, there have been a lot of stories in recent months about teacher shortages and money problems for schools and all that stuff, and now you've written about a shortage of bus drivers. Why, why is that?
1: It was a story that we heard a lot about, especially at the beginning of the last school year, and you'd hear, oh, man, maybe a bus route would have to be canceled here or schools were going to have to, you know, delay the day, have to start a little bit later because they didn't have enough drivers. And so we really wanted to explore kind of looking back on the school year, like, well, how much did it impact some of these big school districts that looked like they had a lot of those problems throughout the course of the whole school year? And so, you know, we were saying that You know, there were school districts like uh, Rockford, which is one of the three three biggest school districts in the state of Illinois, that were canceling, you know, upwards of 800 routes for, for the entire school year. And, you know, there's a bunch of kids, several different schools that are, you know, each on those buses. So those are thousands of kids that are being affected. And so we really wanted to dive into the numbers. of like, okay, so we know that school bus shortages are or bus driver shortages are a problem, but just how big of a problem was it.
0: And was this about the pandemic or, or money or some some other thing?
1: Yes and yes. <laughs> okay. So it was about the pandemic in that there are a lot of uh, drivers that are older that decided that they didn't want to drive this year, and even this year you know, talking to them about the upcoming school year decided they didn't want to come back. And then, yeah, a lot of it was money as well, and, and a lot of the districts when trying to, you know, hectically at the last minute, these vacancies were actually you know raising a lot of their rates or offering some kind of incentives. like i know in rockford they were offering like three thousand dollar signing bonuses and then additional like cash incentives if you showed up to work a certain amount of days in a row there was like a perfect attendance award almost
0: so, so do the school districts like rockford do they run their own bus systems or do they hire private contractors to do all that
1: they actually in Rockford, a lot of those school districts they operate their own buses, and I mean, again, this is a huge school district, so they have about somewhere around 170 to 180 drivers at any given moment. Which you know, even having that many is like, you know, you talk to them and they say, well, if we had if we had 200, maybe then I feel like we'd be able to keep our heads above water. But yeah, so these big districts are operating on their own and they have a bunch of, you know, hundreds of drivers, dozens of buses. It's a massive operation. And talk about COVID throughout the rest of the, through the school year, it wasn't only that they didn't have enough drivers. It was that the drivers that they had were calling off or were, you know, getting sick, sometimes getting COVID. And so, you know, I was talking to drivers who were saying that it was pretty regular for them to have 20 people to call off during a given day or 40, people to call off on a given day, and then you'd have to scramble, you know, uh, administrators are having to drive, you know, mechanics are having to drive if they have their their CDL and have done it before, and, you know, they might not be familiar with the kids on their bus, they might not be familiar with the routes and the streets that they're driving, and then that causes further delays.
0: Okay, so what about the kids? Um, I mean, are they just out of luck, and, you know, if the bus doesn't show up, uh, you know, that's tough luck, or, or what?
1: Oftentimes... Yeah, it depends because some districts like Rockford knew that they were going to have these problems, so they would try to schedule these uh, cancellations in advance and try to get parents notice and say, hey, you know, uh, this this, and this day, your kid might not have a ride to school, so try to figure something out. And, you know, that's, I guess, nice to have that kind of forewarning, but if you don't have access to transportation, you're right, that you're still kind of out of luck, and then on days when they'd have a lot of people call off or maybe they would find out only a couple minutes before that they weren't going to be able to operate your kid's bus. Well, yeah, then you'd get a last minute notice as we we outlined in our story, a story of, you know, a parent on their way to work and then they get a call from their teenage daughter that she's having to walk back home and she needs to, you know, whip the car around 20 minutes and take her daughter herself. And, you know, her daughter's going to be late for school. She's going to be late to work, but what else can you do? And, you know, there were, there were some school districts that, that really did try to help parents in a pretty tangible way, like uh, for reimbursing parents for taking their kids to school when they knew they were going to be affected by a bus cancellation, but not many school districts did
0: that. So what uh, what can anyone do to help? Can the state or federal governments uh, do anything in this regard?
1: Well, I would say that probably first and foremost it is paying the drivers, so probably offering them more money i know a lot of these drivers are making somewhere around you know 15 an hour obviously we mentioned those further incentives but yeah i think it's it's literally just a matter of being able to pay drivers a wage that's good enough that you know they get enough drivers signed on for for the school year i think that in some ways it might be as simple as that in other ways it might be offering them you know making sure that they have technology like you know gps in their bus to make sure they know where they're going if you're a substitute driver that you know, you're maybe going to have to drive different routes every single day. So making sure that they have the tools available to, to make that feasible.
0: Now, Peter, you also wrote recently about something in the Rockford schools uh, called expulsion and abeyance, uh, which is a pretty interesting uh, term. What, what, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. So it is EIA, right? The education is a land of a million acronyms. I've, I've come to know it as that one. But so essentially what that is, is that you know, typically schools, you know, when a student is gets in a fight or gets caught with a, a marijuana vape pen or something, you know, we immediately think of suspensions or expulsions. But what expulsion in abeyance is, is essentially the district will instead of just expelling you, have you and your parent sign a contract, basically an, an agreement, after the district recommends an expulsion, where they essentially shift you off to what's called an adaptive learning site for anywhere from a few months to two years. And then after that experience, after kind of you you know, proved that you can come back to your original school, then you can come back to your school and get the expulsion removed from your record. And and yeah, there's there's really not a lot of data around this. You know, if you ask the state how many expulsions and abeyances there were last year, they'll tell you, I don't know, we don't really keep records of those kind of things. So it was a really interesting story to have to pursue because it really is how a district defines it and and how they catalog those kinds of incidents.
0: So this is different from alternative schools because, you know, many school districts will have an alternative, uh, especially an alternative high school for students that for some reason don't fit in or can't quite handle regular school schedules.
1: It, it it is that they they again they like to use this term that adaptive learning which I think is is kind of just they they've changed it from they like it better than saying alternative school so yeah there are there are districts where like you said either they can't or uh, you know it's a different schedule that they're able to handle that than a more traditional school schedule or for some discipline related reasons they'll go to one of those schools so yeah I, I would say it is one of those that you think of as an alternative school and. In a lot of school districts, there's only one of those that they have available, and you know they might be in the same alternative school as kids from a bunch of different school districts who are there for a bunch of different reasons, whether disciplinary or not. In Rockford, there's actually three different schools that they could be sent to that are all a little bit different. Some are operated by the district, some are operated by the county, and you know it's, they're all kind of different.
0: Now, does anyone question whether this is legal? Uh, does it affect my, more minority students and others in the Rockford schools? Has anyone questioned this expulsions and abeyance? Are they okay with it?
1: There's been plenty of questioning. I, I don't know whether or not people have questioned its legality, but definitely whether or not it, it's fair. And, and absolutely, when you talk about equity, talk about does it affect students of color more or not, it definitely does. I mean, if you looking at the data, I think that in Rockford, there were somewhere around 450 expulsions in abeyance uh, during the last school year. And the vast majority of those uh, were with black students.